The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What is going on, everybody? Billy Ray here with the pre-roll to the Syracuse preview. I'm just going to be here for a second. We got a couple things to talk about. First and foremost, the audio on this podcast, we do apologize. There were some issues, had some Wi-Fi problems, out of our control, nothing we can do about it, but all of the information you need for this football game is here, so keep that in mind. Number two, we will be doing a live podcast at R&R Wellness in Blacksburg on Friday after the football game. So, if you are interested in attending and you would like to get a time slot for some cryotherapy, compression therapy, red light therapy, or IV recovery, after your weekend in Blacksburg, you don't want to go back home feeling poorly. I don't, you don't, nobody does. Shoot us an email at admin at Sons of Saturday. Shoot us a DM on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We'll make sure that you get taken care of and you can come on down, hang out with us as we do our live podcast. I'm fired up. Last day of, uh, not last day of work, last full day of work until we head down to Blacksburg. Looking forward to it. Huge football game. We got ACC Media Day with women's basketball and it's going to be a ton of fun. So I will pass it to Pat Finn and Sam Jesse. everyone it is monday october 23rd we are well rested from the bye week uh pat finn here in basking ridge new jersey coming down to blacksburg later in the week sam jesse where are you pressing record right now my friend i am in peanut country suffolk virginia home of planters peanuts uh but up the road, there, there's a better peanut spot, Whitley's Peanuts. Shout out Brett Smith and the good people at Whitley's Peanuts. Oh, we love we love our friends at Whitley's Preferred Peanut. But yeah, Suffolk, Virginia, 757. There you go. There you go. Sam, uh, I did not watch much football on Saturday. I will admit, uh, having been at a wedding, uh, in the wedding, actually, was very busy with that. Got to watch a little bit of, you know, the phone. You bring up the phone broadcast. You see uh, Penn State, Ohio State, a little bit of the Bama game. Actually probably watched more football on Sunday than I did on Saturday. How about you? Do you enjoy the games this weekend? I watched as much as I could. Um, it, I love bye weeks because you get to be like a neutral fan. So I watched as much as I could. Uh, didn't watch as much Ohio State. Penn State was doing some yard work during that. But the evening slate was awesome. Uh, sweating out Washington and Arizona State late at night. That was a hideous game. But there was a ton of good football. Uh, Utah-USC was amazing. UVA's upset over UNC was Honestly, I don't think as shocking to me as it was to other people. That's, but you know, pretty nationally shocking. And 
just some great games all across the country. It was a really good week of college football. Yeah, could not agree more with you. And uh, we're heading in. We actually get two Saturdays in a row of worry-free football, uh, being that Tech kicks off on the Thursday night game here. Uh, a little Big East throwback and a Thursday night at home in Lane Stadium hosting a former Big East foe in the Syracuse Orange. So as we do, we'll kick things off with some hokey haikus. Again, uh, just three at the beginning, guys. Um, but we love all the submissions, three at the beginning, and then uh, the top three at the beginning, I should say, and then we we jump into uh, any any additional ones at the letters from the lunch pail at the end. All right, so we have Mike Holmes, fast start off of bye. Our playmakers make big plays. Hokies get the dub. John Cran, keep the charge alive under the bright lights in lane. Orange going down. John Cran, actually, we had a debate. How many syllables in the word orange? You might say orange. You might say orange with two claps. Sam Jesse, uh, be the tiebreaker here. How many syllables in orange? Oh, I'm on mute. That was a Billy Ray mistake right there, man. Um, <laughs> man, uh, it's two. You have a vowel to start and then a consonant and then another vowel followed by another consonant. So you have to go orange, orange. You can't go orange. That's not the word. So it has to be, it's two, it's two. Orange is simply not the word. I could not agree more. Here's mine. Wake up, babers. We have got a big one on Thursday. Let's all wear maroon. Wake up, Babers is uh, is my my joke of the week here. All right, so we're gonna roll into a little bit of hokey history as we do in our game previews. There is some history between these two football programs. Now, the Syracuse Orange. Their football program is 134 years old. Their first season was 1889. They are led by Coach Dino Babers. I believe it's his eighth season. Wikipedia says it's his seventh season. David Hale, I just watched him on one of the Syracuse affiliate uh, podcasts, and he said it was the eighth season, so we're going to go with that. By the way, Sam, I don't know if you knew this, but it's no longer called the Carrier Dome. JMA Wireless, which is a big-time wireless provider up in, I guess it's central New York, western, I think it's central New York. Syracuse is kind of like, yeah. I think it's positioned in New York where like University Park is in Pennsylvania. It's kind of just like right in the middle. Mm-hmm. JMA Wireless Dome, which uh, I did not know about. Syracuse has a national championship. That is right. In 1959, Syracuse claimed a national championship. They've got five conference titles. I believe they were all Big East titles. 96, 97, 98 with Donovan McNabb, 2004 and 2012. And then their rivalries are with Boston College, Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Penn State, and Colgate, which I did not know about. And last but not least here, it's fun how Wikipedia can give you, you know, some solid, uh, some solid data. Sometimes you can't always rely on it. Ernie Davis won the Heisman Trophy in 1961. He was a running back. 
Um, but in regards to this series, this is the 20th time Virginia Tech and Syracuse have squared off. Tech has won eight of those matchups. Syracuse has won 11. Uh, going back to 1964, when the first matchup took place, we were on a two-game losing streak to Syracuse. Neither of those two games was a uh, fun game to view and or attend. The uh, the last 10 games have been split four to six in Syracuse's favor. Sam, 2021 was a disaster. Um First of all, Tech goes out there in the throwback uniforms. Has Tavion Robinson debut them with the number seven from the '99. I mean, we wore those unis in you know the late '90s all the way through like 2003, I believe, was the last year with them. They looked awesome. Bright sunny day. Malachi Thomas. It was his breakout game. 151 yards, three touchdowns. Just found holes all day long. Saw a Drake DeUlis touchdown this game to, to kind of kick off the scoring for Virginia Tech. Unfortunately, it was also very much a Garrett Schrader breakout game. Um, they had five total touchdowns, over 500 yards of offense on our defense. Syracuse scored four, uh, 21 points in the fourth quarter that day, including 14 of those in the final, 228 and a 45-yard touchdown with 19 seconds left to their star wide receiver, Damian Alford, big guy. So uh, that was obviously an awful afternoon. Schrader, 236 uh, through the air, rushed for another 174. And Sean Tucker, uh, to quote big 3-4, was pleased with his performance that day. 112 yards rushing and a touchdown. Sam, what was this game for you and for kind of a lot of people? Well, I was watching this game in, in one of the great hokey bars in the state of Virginia, home team grill, in the fan enrichment. So shout out to those guys. But yeah, in my mind, looking back at it, this was kind of the game that broke the camel's back for Justin Fuente and that coaching staff. It was a four-game homestand at the Hokies went one and three, the only win being a 21 to 10 win over Richmond. Uh, you had the heartbreaking close loss to Notre Dame. Next week, you get blown out by Pitt. Next week, heartbreaking loss to Syracuse. Both of those were in pretty similar fashion where the defense just couldn't get a stop in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I think that game, although between two pretty mediocre teams that year and, and overall pretty inconsequential in terms of the national landscape of college football, a pretty pivotal moment in the history of Virginia Tech football, because after that is kind of when the uh, when it became real that Virginia Tech was going to move on from Justin Fuente and have their first coach firing in over two decades. And uh, a few weeks later, that did in fact happen. And J.C. Price took over the team uh, for the Miami and UVA games. So a uh, pivotal game. And, and this is a matchup that has a lot of history to it uh in 1990 a heartbreaker for tech up in the carrier dome against donovan McNabb, and in 99 of course the Hokies dominated that game 62 to nothing one of the biggest blowout victories between top 25 teams in the history of college football i, I it was the biggest for a while but i think there, there has been one that overtook in the last few years 
62. Okay, so so there's two games that that stand out um, from that time frame. Time frame, Sam, against teams that wore white and orange, was 62 to zero the Welcome to the Terror Dome game with Corey Moore, or was that the Clemson game where he had the strip sack fumble return? It was the Clemson game where he had the strip sack fumble, uh, and I believe the Clemson game was also the Welcome to the Terror Dome game. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Pure dominance in that era of Virginia Tech football. The 2016 game always brings back just just brutal memories. Uh, We go up there. This 2016 team had shown some serious promise where obviously we had lost in Bristol with all the turnovers, but we knew that this was a good football team. We roll Boston College 49-0 during the white effect. We crush East Carolina uh, on homecoming 54 to 17. And then we go battle through hurricane Matthew right after the bye and crush Carolina 34 to three Mitchell Trubisky. We're rolling. The guys are looking good back to back away games. We go up to the JMA wireless dome, formerly the carrier dome. I'm wondering if they call it the carrier dome because of the wireless carrier. I don't know. We'll have to do some research on that. And no, they, they call it the Carrier Dome uh, after the guy who invented AC. And the Carrier Dome never had AC. The iron, the irony dome. Yeah. Go there. Shout out to my guy Chris Skipper, who I believe made the journey. This was the only game of that 2016 season that I did not actually go to, senior year of college. We watched this game on the front porch on Washington Street. We rolled out this like massive like 55-inch TV, like one of those really old TVs that you know is collecting dust in someone's basement. So we had it naturally at our house senior year and draped a massive curtain over the edge of the porch so we can uh, hide the glare that uh, the sunshine of Washington Street was providing uh, the TV and the rest of the porch. And we're utterly disappointed in in the effort of tech um, just couldn't really slow down Eric Dungy that day on the ground. He ran for 106 yards and a touchdown threw for three eleven and a touchdown. Uh, Gerard Evans had it, had a good day. I mean, 20 of 33, 307 yards, two touchdowns and a pick Evans was our leading rusher as well. Uh, Cam Phillips had a solid day, but it, it just wasn't happening. Usually you know, your quarterback throws for 300 yards you're probably scoring more than three times. And unfortunately, uh, other than a field goal in the first half and, you know, two, two late game touchdowns, it, it just wasn't happening for this team, but let's uh, let's bury that. That was one of the, yeah, that was, that was one of those weird games where like tech kind of dominated that game outside of when it came time to score points. Like it was all Virginia Tech, and then they just couldn't. They, for some reason, just couldn't get points on the scoreboard. That was a that was a really unfortunate game for the Hokies. Unfortunate in terms of they were they they should have won that game and just didn't bring Dino Babers. What's his record? I mean, it's 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 sub five hundred, right? Forty and fifty two overall, and that includes a ten win season. You think about Syracuse football. The glory years of Syracuse football and, and Boston College are most likely in the rear view. Um, had some elite quarterbacks back in the day. You know, we gave we gave the history lesson on on uh, on Syracuse and their success 
uh, within the Big East. Now, in this modern era, this is kind of where Syracuse is, where you know they're kind of a threat once a decade. Um, David Hale was calling them, usually they're better than terrible, and then every now and then they're occasionally good or great where they – string a few games together where they're punching above their weight and, you know, they're, they're qualifying for a bowl game that, you know, probably folks didn't predict them to go to early in the season. Um, you know, this year they are certainly depleted on defense compared to last year where they lost three guys on their defense to transfer. Um, Deuce Chestnut was one of them. A defensive back went to LSU. Former Virginia Tech commit Jihad Carter, a safety transferred to Ohio State. Um, this team lost Sean Tucker, who we all loved following on Twitter last year and the year before. Uh, if you're not familiar with his uh, X activity, uh, if Sean Tucker had a, uh, he would post his stat line every single week. And if he was pleased, he would say that he was pleased with his performance. If, if they lost or he didn't play well, he would acknowledge it. Uh, big time accountability guy on the X app was Sean Tucker. Uh, But this team here, the 2023 campaign, it has certainly been an up and down season. Syracuse starts out 4-0. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, the ACC looks awesome. Syracuse undefeated after four. Louisville looks fantastic. You know, Carolina is beating everyone. Oh my gosh, look at those Duke Blue Devils. And then, you know, the wheels kind of fall off and the ACC becomes the ACC uh, in true midseason form. And Syracuse is certainly a, uh, a proponent of, of setting the example there. Their first four, Colgate, 65-0 at home. Western Michigan, 48-7 at home. Purdue on the road. They, they go into West Lafayette and beat the doors off of Purdue, 35-20. Oh, my gosh our common opponent. They're going to, they're going to beat us. They're looking great. Who's going to stop Garrett Schrader. They come back home. They beat army 29 to 16. And then things get a little challenging. Uh, they go down or sorry, I should say uh, they host Syracuse. We're competitive for a half. And then Syracuse, uh, sorry, they hosted Clemson Clemson. They were competitive for a half and then Clemson ran away with it. 31 14. And then October happens. Go down to Carolina, get absolutely run out, run out of the building, forty to seven, and then the following week have to go to Doak Campbell as we did as well, and uh, Syracuse was blown away again, forty-one to three. So, I mean, they 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 were in it for this team really hasn't shown up since the first half of uh, of the last day of September, it would seem. Um, but it's Thursday. It's post a bye. It's post a bye week, and um, we will see what happens. Sam, I know we were looking up some bye week data last week. Hey, what is Virginia Tech's record off of a bye? And the stat machine on uh, the the site that I, I typically rely on for some solid statistics. It's called TeamRankings.com. They provided me with some false data on Virginia Tech coming off of buys. Um, and I think they incorporated like every single time we came off of a, a week Bill, that we team rankings play. big bill. Yeah, not not huge on it. So 
Um, bottom line, Virginia Tech off of a bye or while having more than you know a week to prepare for a game, uh, the summary is generally not good. I think we have not won off of a bye since 2020. Syracuse uh, since 2016. The statistics said that they were four and eight in uh, such scenarios as well, which does seem par for the course uh, for the orange. Now, let's dig in a little bit here to the offense where we're going to pull, we're going to do some cherry picking. You know, it's a short week. Don't have as much time to prepare, uh, but got to get some content out for you guys and want to give a, a massive hat tip to our friend Rob Trimber because we're definitely going to pull some uh, some lines from his offensive preview article. So thank you, Rob. But uh, this team, generally speaking, passing yards, 232 a game. That's tied for 64th in the country. They run for 167 yards a game, which is good for 53rd. They score 28.6 points per game, which is 70th and heavily skewed towards those Western Michigan and Colgate victories where they combined for over 100 points or just about. And they're giving up 22.1 points per game. Um, Yeah. Can I, I don't want to, every school plays cupcakes at some point in the season. Right. But a lot of these numbers for Syracuse, you have to take into account like Colgate's a bad football team at every level of football, right? It's they're not just a bad in terms of FC F, FBS football, like they're a bad FCS team too. And then Western Michigan has been pretty bad this year as well. So uh, I don't want to take anything away from them because they, they took care of business and you play the teams on your schedule, but a lot of their numbers are skewed because of the those two games. I mean, when you, you went, it's going to skew some numbers uh, in your favor when you do that against the competition that they did. So I, I think this Syracuse team, if you look at their games without Colgate and Western Michigan, they're a lot closer to Virginia Tech in terms of offense and defense um, when you adjust for opponent for the games past uh, those two to start the season. So uh, take it with a with a grain of salt, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, and kind of getting into the offense a little bit. They pretty much are always putting three wide receivers out there in every single formation. Run game is predicated mostly within zone schemes. Uh, They do a little bit of RPO, but whether it's Garrett Schrader or Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who actually came in to the Florida State game in the fourth quarter, uh, Garrett Schrader was pulled out of the game they pretty much do all the exact same thing. So they got two mobile guys uh, and this is very much a team that is going to revert around the run game. Sam, I know you have a few PFF, um, you know, knowledge stat bombs uh, queued up here. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll call this one, the Brennan Armstrong effect or the (laughs) Brennan Armstrong phenomenon. Excuse me. Uh, Sometimes quarterbacks just have one magical year where everything falls into place and for Schrader, it seems like 2022 was that year. His first year of, of playing a significant amount of time at quarterback at Syracuse was 2021, 3.9 overall. So it's that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty average, right? 2022, he grades out an 86.1. That's borderline elite. That's like one of the top QBs in the country. And now this year, he's back down to 73.1. So what does it look like for Gary Schrader? Well, he's probably somewhere in the middle of that. I would say he's a good, not great quarterback. 
but it, it does seem like he has come back down to earth and teams have kind of figured out this Syracuse offense as a whole. Like you said, they don't get crazy with formations. Um, their scheme is relatively simple. They just are a little bit better at it. Um, I, I would say they're a little bit more advanced than Wake Forest is, where Wake Forest runs a lot of the same action over and over again. But they're nowhere near uh, what Florida State can do in terms of pulling offensive linemen and motions and things like that. Um, I, I think their running game is just really based on quarterback scrambling and that read option uh, is kind of where they're bread and butter. Um, it, it doesn't seem like Syracuse is too scary on offense, and Schrader is a pretty average quarterback. Yeah, Schrader on the year, 111 completions from 179 attempts at 1,371 yards. He's completing 62% of his passes, long of 86, eight touchdowns, five picks. And then uh, him on the ground, 78 carries, 358 yards. So, I mean, he's a big dude. You know, he, he's he's going to do what he did in 2021. You have to keep contain on Garrett Schrader. Otherwise, he's going to beat you like he did late in the game in 21 when we could not get a stop, uh, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. And he's run for six touchdowns. Um, now, if we see Carlos Del Rio Wilson – on Saturday, 19 of 34, 245 yards, uh, 55% of his passes are uh, completed, three touchdowns, two picks, knowing that, you know, played in mop-up time in those two early blood, uh, two early blowouts, and then uh, played sparingly last week in Doak Campbell when the game was very much out of reach. But uh, Del Rio Wilson, nine carries, 38 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, you know, not too much to write home about on the stat sheet uh, for him, but you know, really just need to prepare to face a running quarterback and a strong rushing attack with LaQuinn Allen, who is Syracuse's workhorse back. If we're making a comp just based on you know uh, what we're describing him as, he's a Basial Tutin like guy. Uh, they give it to him all the time, but they also know that. Allen's going to be really dangerous in the passing game. So um, he's got over 500 yards on the season on 106 carries, 4.8 yards per carry, seven scores, 23 receptions, 157 yards, and 6.8 yards per catch, one touchdown in the receiving game. Um, so from what it sounds like, from our guy Rob, they're going to commit to the run the entirety of this game, regardless if they are up three scores or down three scores. They always run it on first down and they run it on second down more often than not because they are very, very bad on third down and long play. Have a tough O-line within pass protection and they do a lot of screens, a lot of QB draws, a lot of rollout passes. Pat, I'll, I'll jump in here so we don't, flip-flop topics because I, I do have some stats for that they're often like you it's perfectly their offense is designed to stay out of passing downs right they want to stay in third and short and they're a pretty good third and short team but when they're in third and long they're pretty bad uh, uh in passing down scenarios they only have a 26 percent success rate which is pretty low it's 80th in the country and for virginia tech they're only giving up a 25 percent success rate on passing downs so it seems like if they can, if Virginia Tech can get Syracuse into third down and long, 
you feel really good about the Hokie scenario. And that's something they've been really good at against Florida State, against Wake Forest, and against Pittsburgh. So we'll get into that with keys to the game. But uh, 26% success rate on passing downs is, uh, and that's over the last, that without Western Michigan and Colgate. But yeah, this isn't a great uh, uh, passing offense from the pocket. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So Schrader has not had that much success throwing the deep ball as well, but when he does connect on the deep ball, it is previously mentioned wide receiver, Damian Alford, six foot six will be receiving uh, passes downfield all day long. When Schrader is uh, chucking it deep, he is the guy who scored the game winner against tech in 2021 Um, between LaQuinn Allen, Damian Alford, those are kind of the two guys. So defensively for Syracuse, not much that really catches the eye or stands out. Um, their leading tackler is a defensive back. Now, we talk about this all the time. Justin Barron, uh, who's one of their safeties, has 56 tackles on the year, uh, which means that they're probably not great at filling those gaps and containing the running game. Um, Marlo Wax is the second leading tackler. He is a linebacker. He has 53 tackles on the year as well. Uh, as far as guys on the D line and uh, in the second level, who would be making an impact in the backfield? Uh, Leon Lowry, a linebacker, has three and a half sacks. Kevon Darton uh, has three, and then. Um, you know, four or five guys have two and one and a half sacks. So not necessarily a team that is going to be in the backfield all day. They have 20 sacks on the year this year. Moving uh, you know, back towards the secondary, Syracuse has six picks on the year. Uh, two of them went back for pick sixes. And then the Orange have also forced 12 fumbles and recovered six of them. Um, so... Ball's been a uh, been a little greased up against uh, the Cuse. Ball protection, uh, ball security from Virginia Tech this year has been one of the strong suits of the offense. So um, don't don't jinx it, Pat. Don't jinx it. <laughs> knock on some woods. Knock on some wood here. Let's continue to take care of the football, Sam. I know you had a few notes. Yeah. So we talked about how offensively they really want to stay on script for third downs. Defensively, they're kind of the same. They are giving up 44% conversions on third downs this year, almost 44.5%. That's 108th in the country. That's not very good. So it seems like if Virginia Tech can get their offense into third and longs, and then defensively, if they can stop the third and longs, like you feel pretty good. And for this Virginia Tech offense, you know, they're not the most explosive passing team, they're not a very efficient passing team. But Syracuse has given up some plays on third and long this year. They have uh, struggled in short yardage situations as well. So this might be a game where we see the Hokies 
kind of sustain a little bit more on the drives, maybe able to get some of those short yardage situations that they've struggled with because as compared to Pittsburgh and Florida State and and Purdue and Marshall too, uh, this is a Syracuse team that struggles situationally on defense. And I think the Hokies might be able to take advantage of that. Cannot agree more. You know, this is a tech team that has been struggling on third down. Uh, I, I say it every podcast. We've been doing well on on fourth down in short yarded situations, but we've had uh, some some tough uh, third down conversion percentages over the course of the year. Um, you know, this could be an op- opportunity to uh, actually take advantage and and kind of take the top off of those situations here. As we move over to the special teams, Brady Denneberg is the kicker for Syracuse, 24 of 25 from uh, his extra points. So he has has missed an extra point here this season. 7 of 10 kicking field goals, has missed uh, one from 30 to 39, missed one from 40 to 49, and missed a 50-plus. So it's not like he's a massive liability. Um, but, you know, you get him in that 35-plus range, you know, probably only making uh, one out of every two. Uh, and then in regards to um, to punting, kicking, nothing really meets the eye that's worth talking about here. But we will talk about the keys to the game. Sam, I will give it to you first. What are your keys to the game here versus the Orange on Thursday? Well, I, I got a couple. First off, longtime Hokie fans like you and I, Pat, know that the thorn in the side of Bud Foster defenses – and the, the Brent Pride defense a little bit, has been running quarterbacks. This is the first true running quarterback that the Hokies will play this season that they know of before game because no one knew the kid from ODU had wheels on him. So I, I think this will be a test of Brent Pry and Chris Marv's ability to prepare a defense for a running quarterback, a very traditional running quarterback. But I also think in terms of keys to the game, you're playing at home, it's at night, it's all about getting and sustaining momentum. And you can do that with some sacks. Syracuse is 104th in the country, giving up three sacks per game. They are really bad pass blocking at the tight end and running back positions. Uh, So I think the Virginia Tech might have some ability to blitz and get home on those blitzes, especially on third downs. So Hokie fans need you to be loud. Make a difference in this game. It really could be the difference between winning and losing are those third down plays. Uh, Something else I wanted to bring up that I didn't, uh, Syracuse is without one of their star tight or star players, Arondo Gadsden the second. He's out for the season. Uh, he had almost 900 yards receiving in 2022 and six touchdowns. He's an NFL caliber tight end. He was a big part of their offense that they're missing. So this is an offense that has been really hobbled over the past few weeks. He's out for the season. So I think for the Hokies and in terms of keys to the game, how you win this game, you get momentum and keep it, keep the energy up because I think, Mono y mono, Jimmy's and Joe's versus Jimmy's and Joe's. The Hokies are a better team and they probably should win this game. And it's a game you expect to win. So as long as you keep the momentum, you keep playing hard, uh, I, I think the Hokies will ha- ha- should take advantage of that to win the game. At the end of the day, we just need to play our game, uh, run the football, establish a nice tempo in the passing game. I mean, really, the keys to the game are do what we did against Wake Forest, where we completely shut them down in the running mm-hmm. game. Kyron Drones was a factor in every aspect of the offense. Um, yeah, and clean clean up special teams. 
I know that um, I know that we had an incredible special teams play last time we were in Lane Stadium together with uh, the Cole Nelson first down off the fake punt. But other than that, there are some areas of special teams that do need to be cleaned up. You know, you can't you can't give up points on special teams uh, like a kick return or a punt return. Um, clean that up. But ultimately, like get that momentum earlier, as you were saying, you know, this is an opportunity where Lane Stadium is going to be absolutely juiced up. Everyone in that building is going to know what this game means for us um, as far as momentum going into a long uh, time to prepare for Louisville the following week. But we need to take care of business and protect our house. Um, so, yeah, keep contained and just play our game. Don't turn it over. Uh, take advantage of those third down opportunities and uh, keep this thing rolling. So speaking of rolling, we got to roll into these lines. A couple uh, over-unders were submitted by Grant Watson as well. Virginia Tech is a two-and-a-half, some 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 books, other books, three-point favorite here this week. Sam, did you see anything for what the over-under is on this game? Because I was not able to find it on my, uh, my local guy. Let's see if we have any movement. Uh, Virginia Tech minus three is about where I would expect it to come in. The over-under is at 47. That's also pretty – pretty on par with what you would expect. So yeah, I, I think there's nothing special about the line for this game. I think Virginia Tech should be favored in this game playing in home. Uh, what is kind of curious is that line of, of uh, 47. The Hokies have scored 30 plus in each of their last two home games. And then they scored, you know, they were able to put up some points at Florida state, at, at least more than Syracuse did. So, um, you know, I, I think that's one where Virginia Tech feels like, they can maybe get some points on the board here. 47 isn't a small, uh, it isn't a, isn't a low game total by any means, but uh, I think it could go over, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Grant Watson's over-unders here, Garrett Schrader rushing yards, 49 and a half. You know, until, until I see Garrett Schrader not able to do that in Lane Stadium, I'm probably going to take the over there. I mean – he kind of has to go over. They don't have many more weapons on offense. Like they don't have skilled position guys that they can just, you know, get the ball to on a consistent basis. They only have really one running back that they trust with volume. So I think Schrader just, he's probably going to carry the ball 20 times. So, uh, you know, are we talking, are we including sacks in here? Like let's say he gets sacked their average of three times for negative 15 yards. I still think he hits over 50 just from a volume standpoint. Uh, yeah, that's averaging like four yards per carry or something. Like He, he should be able to get that. Basial Tootin rushing and receiving yards, 99 and a half. I am going to take the over here. Tootin definitely seemed a little banged up last week. I know he had an awesome touchdown, uh, but getting this opportunity to have a bye, let his body uh, recover after that massive hit, at Florida State and uh, just the wear and tear of the season, uh, getting through that, I, I expect to get a big game from BT. Uh, so I will take the over here. And then total sport, total points scored for Virginia Tech. Grant has us at 28 and a half. So I guess this is at score prediction time almost, right? Uh, yeah. I think, the, I, I think the Hokies go over. 
if I and then talking about the Basial Tune stuff as well, I think he goes over, and that's part of the reason why Syracuse is 87th in expected points added per rush defense in the country. That's not very good. And that includes – that's not opponent-adjusted. So that includes Western Michigan and Colgate and uh, Army and all those guys. I, I I just think this is one where the Hokies match up really well. Like there's not a – there's nothing about this Syracuse team that really scares you. Um, they're not very good on the offensive and defensive lines, and that's also kind of where Tech isn't very good. So, you know, you're not worried about losing the line of scrimmage battle horribly like you were in, in some other matchups. and then. I think they'll be able to one-on-one lock down Syracuse's wide receivers in man coverage, just like they did against Wake Forest, which will allow them to focus more on the run. Um, and then Kyron Jones, he's been productive the last three games. Very, very productive. And I, I think in this matchup, Tech can easily score 30-plus again, which is crazy to say after they did score 30-plus at all last year. So what is your score prediction here, Sam? It is score prediction time uh, going into a big-time Thursday night game. Defending our home turf in Lane Stadium. I am going to go 34-17 Hokies. I I think they will have moments defensively where they get gashed, and that's how Syracuse gets to 17 points. But I don't see a lot of three and outs for this Hokies team against the Syracuse defense. Syracuse has allowed over 1,600 yards of offense in their last three games. And Virginia Tech is not an elite offense or very good offense to be honest with you, but they should be able to score 30 plus against this defense. Um, if things are clicking, uh, I, I don't think Syracuse is a better defense than Pittsburgh. I don't think they're that much better than quite frankly, old dominion. So uh, I, I think the Hokies win comfortably at home on a Thursday night. Similar, which is scary to say. Yeah. Similar, uh, similar prediction for me here. Uh, I have 31 to 13 Virginia tech, uh, just establishing, uh, winning the time of possession. And, uh, I mean, knowing that Syracuse is pretty one dimensional as well, uh, will put us in a good position here. Uh, Another good game from Kyron drones and his receivers. I want to see something from Daquan Felton. I think, uh, I think we've kind of, seen the Jalen Lane show the last few weeks. I would love to see an out, a, a breakout game from Daquan Felton. would love to see Steven Gosnell uh, get in the end zone here this week. But um, yeah, fired up, 31-13 Virginia Tech. We'll jump in and finish up with letters from the lunch pail. Rich Luttenberger. The last time these two played, Syracuse quarterback Schrader threw for 236 and ran for a whopping 174. Sean Tucker ran for 112. What does Virginia Tech have to do to contain Schrader while also not letting the running back run wild? You have to key in on on their running back first before you contain Schrader. Um, but you just have to get get the idea that they are really going to to commit to running the football. So you know, make sure your first priority is stopping like Quint Allen, and then have a spy on on Garrett Schrader as well. But I think you leave your guys on islands and, uh, and trust your defensive backs that have been playing fantastic all year. I mean, we have a eighth ranked passing defense um, statistically from a, a total yardage perspective this year. I don't anticipate uh, that number to drop anytime soon, just with the upcoming quarterbacks that we're, uh, we're playing over the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, you, you know, you got to focus in on, on the running back first. 
um, you know, get off those blocks, but also have a spy on, uh, on Garrett. Any other, uh, any other thoughts there, Sam? Do your job. Don't do another player's job. Don't do what you think your job should be. Just do your job. If your job is to fill the B gap, you fill that B gap. If your job is to keep contained on the outside, I'm looking at you, Antoine Powell-Ryland. This will be your job this weekend. Keep contained, all right? If you're a defensive safety and your job is to play over the top and protect against play action, play over the top and protect against play action. Don't bite on the run fake. Like if Virginia Tech does their job, these defensive players are really talented. They're physically gifted. They're fast. They can play with this very aggressive style of defense. They just have to know their assignment and do their job. Like that's been the issue. But when they do that, you see games like you see against Pittsburgh. You see games like you see against Wake Forest, where for the most part, they dominate the entire game. So do your job. We'll build Belichick for you there. Do your job. We will all do our job as fans. We will make an impact. We will have an awesome time as well. I'm looking forward to getting down there. Chris Baylor with the bonus letter from the lunch pail here at the end. Just check in the Twitter mentions. Thanks, Chris, for, for writing this one in. Thursday night in Lane, Terror Dome will be rocking. Let's go. One and oh. Couldn't say it better myself. Uh, Sam, any sharky shout outs for you before uh, before we depart? No, no behind enemy lines this week. I know with the short week, it's a little different, but uh, but uh, you got you've been doing an awesome job on that all year. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're not we're not gonna do it this week uh with the, the Thursday game, but we will be back. Uh as we as we go on got some got some louisville stuff lined up uh so look and look and have some cool stuff there uh if you know anything cool about syracuse feel free to tweet it at me at same of saturday i love learning new quirky college football traditions and history and all that stuff syracuse is one of the most uh one of the most underrated in terms of history of any college football program uh in the country you look at you know guys like in the 90s you have dwight freeney donovan McNabb. Uh, way back when, one of the greatest players of all time, Jim Brown, was there as well. So, you know, they, they have some history at Syracuse for for uh, some gr- some great football players. So, if you have anything, hit me up on Twitter at Sam Saturday. Yeah, in regards to that, I will be finding the YouTube clip of the Hokie Bird taking the big straw and sucking the life out of the Otto the Orange mascot, uh, an absolute classic uh, mascot. Um Pat, I, I, have, I have one final question for you, and you can thank Billy Ray for this because Billy Ray's been talking hate week all day on Twitter.com. <laughs> this is one of those where like old VT fans, or at least fans you know the Big East days, Syracuse was a hated team. Like Syracuse ruined Virginia Tech seasons in the Big East, just like Pittsburgh did. Do you feel some vitriol for this game? from those big East days. Cause I think this is one of those teams that like, I really want to beat Syracuse. Uh, I, I love, I love that. First of all, it is funny because the last two times we've played this, this, this program, they have definitely upended something that we thought we had going on. Not that 2021 was anything special, but um, we had, we had a solid team that, that couldn't win games in the fourth quarter. I mean, you look at 2021, you look at the West mm-hmm. Virginia game, you look at the Notre Dame game, you look at the Syracuse game, if those things, if those games probably, you know, go the other way, which they very well could have and should have in, in other universes and we're a nine win football team, but 
Do I have that vitriol for Syracuse? I mean, uh, this was definitely a game that, you know, growing up, uh, we have some some uh, family uh, in upstate New York, central New York, whatever you want to call it, that uh, big time Syracuse family. And there would always be trash talk, very similar to the way that we have family that would all went to Pittsburgh. And there was always going to be trash talk back and forth. The, the fact that they played in the Atlantic division, you know, the last eight, nine years definitely kind of took a little wind out of the sails of, you know, an old rivalry here. I was a little too young, um, you know, during those early games as well. The college classic, 1998, you play like NCAA football. I think it was 2006. You go into college classics mode and the Donovan McNabb pass in 98, uh, thrown up on the sidelines that was featured on the video game. Uh, you know, you get five seconds to score a touchdown and, uh, you know, we didn't have any college classics for Virginia Tech, um, so that wasn't very cool. So, you know, didn't love that. The sh- the short an- the long answer to a short question, Sam, is not really. I think I hate Pitt more, but I do. Appre- how about how about this? I appreciate the game. I appreciate the game. I appreciate the fans that show up. I also think that like the- they have so many of the- these random basketball fans that aren't football fans that just make their fan base a little different. Um, but I definitely don't look at this game and kind of, you know, think that, that there's not much value to it as I would like a, a Wake Forest, for example. Yeah, it's I think that's I feel the same way. I think the Atlantic Division thing kind of threw it off. But um, it's one of those teams that is a fun one to beat because, you know, the history of the of the matchup. So uh, I just had to throw that in there. Uh with some discourse that was on X.com today. Uh, it should be a fun game. I think it's a big one for the Hokies uh, in terms of the outlook of the second half of the season. This is one that you really, really want to win. Thursday night in Lane Stadium, Yeah, this is one you really want to win. Yeah, this is one that, you know, you're, you're building, you're rebuilding a program. This is a game you got to win. I'm sure they'll, uh, it depends if the recruits have a bye week this week. I don't know if any recruits are going to be in the house if they have a game on Friday. But um, this is a massive game for Tech. You got to win at home. It's the best way to win over a fan base, you know, for a new coaching regime. But um, that's a podcast. He's Sam of Saturday. I am Pat Finn. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Looking forward to seeing you in town on Thursday. And uh, hey, you know, throw throw sprinkle a little bit of bit of bit of units, maybe a half unit on uh, on Tech to make the ACC championship. Who knows? Who knows? It's mathematically possible, Pat. <laughs> Until we are mathematically disqualified, we will uh, be be uh, injecting all of the hopium. You know, m- maybe they have some of that at Renew and Restore Wellness. But um, that's it for now. We'll uh, we'll catch you guys on the post game pod, and let's get the dub, Sam. We'll see you later, man. All right, go. Time to wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't go this way singing Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day